this morning. I am really good. I'm super excited because I can sing again. Physically able to sing again. I've been cleared for that. So I'm super excited. Let's stand up and worship God together. Wave to somebody. Air high fives. (laughs) Here we go.
song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. I'm no Of God, I'm no longer a slave to fear. For I am a child of God. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. Your love has called. Born again into your family, your blood flows through my veins. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Let's pray together. 
Father God, we, we collectively just reinforce what we just sung, that, that uh, you rescued us so we could stand and sing that we're your children. Um, thank you, Father, for the way that you work, for your consistency and faithfulness. Thank you that you're here in our presence right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. How is everybody? Good, good, good. Hey, we are so glad that you're here. Beautiful rain this morning, right? Um, now you're going to have to mow your lawn. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, hey, if you would, take out your phones, and we would love to have you uh, uh, open it up to the North Point app, to the Let's Connect app, and uh, and let us know that you're here. We know that in our current climate, uh, stuff is happening, and that there are going to be people periodically that, uh, that test positive uh, for the COVID virus that are here at church on Sunday. We don't find out about it till later, and we want to let you know when that happens, but the only way we can do that is if you let us know that you're here. So if you can sign in, that would be great. If you're online, we're so glad that you're here, and we want you to sign in too, but make sure that you sign in online so you don't get those emails because you don't, because you're at home, right? Uh, uh, but if you could do that for us, that would be great. Make sure you do that on a weekly basis, and that will help us tremendously. Uh, it will also keep you in, keep us in touch uh, with stuff that's going on. If you're a guest, if you've never gone through that process, you can actually text nine four zero nine zero, and if you text the the message guest NCC, that will bring you right to the exact same spot. So if you don't have the app. You can do it that way. If you're a first timer, man, we would love to know that. If you're relatively new, we've, we've had a, a lot of new folks that have been coming back each week. And, uh, next week is the second Sunday of August. And on the second Sunday of each month, the staff gets together with people who are new to just kind of, uh, meet them, introduce ourselves, have a little bit of connection in room 102, which is right back there after the first service. And we would love to do that. Uh, so if you're, uh, if you're new, Next week, just plan on staying a few minutes late and meeting with the staff, and that would be outstanding. Um, we've talked a lot about GLS over the last several weeks. There's still time to register. We're not going to be able to do an in-person event here. The Global Leadership Summit is a is a great opportunity. Uh, again, you can you can text GLS to that nine four zero nine zero text number and uh, register that way. We've got over 140 people registered, which is really really cool. Great opportunity to develop leaders. Um, Grief Share, a lot of support uh, recovery ministries uh, starting in the fall, and uh, you can check that out on the app or uh, off the webpage. That would be great as well. We have an opportunity each week to give back to God and to recognize that even in the midst of lots of uncertainty, God is the one who sustains us, right? He's the one who provides for us. He's the one who takes care of us. And in our offering time, we have a chance to give back to him. Uh, many of you are given electronically. We encourage you to do that. If you came and you'd like to write a check or give a cash gift, you can put those in the two boxes that are by the door on your way out after the service. That would be great. If you'd like to give, give electronically now or if you'd like to set that up on an ongoing basis, you can text 77977. And the word NCC give, and that will get you there, and that will be great. Let me just talk for a second about the offering. 
Um, two weeks ago, we got a message from Tim Chanter, who is one of the missionaries that we support in Papua New Guinea. Um, one of the one of the people in the church there, um, Tim and Courtney, and uh, some other workers went to plant a church in this tribe that that, uh, that um, they didn't have any presence of Jesus. I don't know, ten, twelve years ago, something like that. There's now a church there, and one of the people in the church was in bad physical shape. They actually evacuated him out to the town where there's a clinic. His, his name is Martin. Here's a, a picture of him, I think. Not Brutus. Yeah, there's Martin. This, the picture's a little bit old. Um, but uh, Martin went there, and God, in his providential care, already had his son and daughter at the clinic when Martin came. Martin was in real bad shape. Um, he, he later died, uh, just about two weeks ago. And, um, in order for him, t- for his body to be brought back to the tribe to be buried, it was going to be in- incredibly expensive. A day long trip on the road, a day long trip, um, in a canoe to bring his body back so that it could be buried in tribe. And Tim just put out a word and said, um, they don't really have the resources. If you want to help give, um, that, that would be great. Because of your giving here at North Point, we were able to cover all of the costs that remained for that trip for Martin's body to be brought back to the Yembe tribe. And, uh, and that's really cool. Really cool. The best part of the story is this. Um, the, the, the church has really struggled, but in the last couple of years, it really has grown in terms of their conviction and their obedience to Jesus. And when a person dies in a, tri- in a tribal culture that's, you know, a, a different kind of a deal, there's lots of spiritism, animism, all kinds of stuff that's there. And typically, in that context, the community, their, their funeral process would last about three weeks where, where people are trying to escape this spirit that if they had done something wrong to this person, that he would be out to get them for the next three weeks, something like that. When they brought Martin's body back, the church met him at the, at the place where the canoe was and, um, and really had kind of an all-night celebration for him before his burial. And then on Sunday, uh, just a week ago, they, uh, they actually focused the whole message about what happens when we die in Jesus. Martin had been clear that he knew that he was going to see Jesus. And it was an incredible encouragement to the church. I, I just want to say to you as North Point to recognize that what we do here um, has, it has an impact around the world. And there is this church in Papua New Guinea, in a tribal place far, far remote, that has the presence of Jesus that wouldn't be there if it weren't for North Point. And that's really, really cool. So when you give, uh, give joyfully and uh, know that God is going to use that to impact not just here in Michigan, but around the world as well. Let me pray for our offering. Father God, we thank you. Thank you that you take such great care of us. Um, Lord, we thank you for the resources that we have. We have so much. And we thank you that we can give back to you right now. Um, bless what we give, God, and use it to, uh, to impact the world. God, be with, be with our brothers and sisters within the Yembe Yembe tribe in Papua New Guinea. And um, let them be encouraged this morning uh, from you, from your presence and your spirit. God, I, I pray too for people that we know that are hurting right now, that have lost their job, that that uh, their housing's uh, maybe insecure, uh, uncertain. Um, they they're not sure where the money's going to come from uh, in the coming weeks or months. Um, Lord, help us to help meet that need. In Jesus' name, we pray.
Amen. North Point family and church friends, this is cool, right? <laughs> We're like, I don't know, what are you doing up there with the whiteboard? Because whenever a whiteboard comes out, nothing good can happen, right? Anybody remember back to school when the sub would show up in the old, if you're old enough to remember the projector? The pro- yeah, and then you're like, it's going to be a good day, right? And another sub would show up and it's a whiteboard and you're like, ah, it's going to be a good day. Hey, um, we start a new series this morning and I'm particularly excited about it. The series that we're jumping into is called What I'm Learning. And over the next six weeks, uh, we've just got a couple speakers. Jake's going to handle uh, a number of those. Jake Howard, our family life guy, and myself will have a couple of guest speakers. And, and really, uh, we just want to share what God's been working in our lives, like individually. Um, none of us prepared like those thoughts for a sermon like months ago when God started working in that. Uh, and and we, just, we just have been moved by some things that we think um, maybe is worth sharing. Now, the, the, the challenge with that is that we recognize that for some folks... Um, it may not be revolutionary for you. Matter of fact, you may hear the things that I'm saying, probably for sure what Jake is saying, since he's not in the room, I can say that about him, and be like, that's not rocket science. Like, you're just learning that now, and we pay you? And the answer is like, well, you know, better late than never, I guess, right? I don't know. Uh, but, but, but for some folks, maybe what God is working in, in my heart, kind of like 2 Corinthians 1 says, which is all the things that we go through, we think we go through them for benefits of other people. Like we, we can share maybe what God is doing in us and somehow that springs or spurs something in you. And so, so I just kind of, that's the series where we're going. The, the weeks are, um, uh, not sequential. They don't necessarily build on each other. Although, uh, God and, and the Holy Spirit do amazing things. So who knows kind of where we'll end in, in six weeks. Maybe God has some greater plan. I bet that he does. But that's the series that we're in this morning. And so, uh, where I want to start is by uh, uh, telling you about a book that I read. Uh, uh, it's called, well, let me, God works in me most often through the written material. That's just, that's just me. That's just how it works for me. Challenging ideas from books. That's just how I'm, I'm wired. I know that's not everyone, but that's how it works for me. And so uh, some months ago, I started reading this book right here. It's called uh, Three Words That Will Change Your Life by a guy named Mike Novotny. I don't know him. I just picked up the book, quite frankly, because um, I will read almost anything on the DeWitt Public Library, you know, the free books that you can e-download. Uh, e- I'll pick up anything because I figure if it's terrible in the first few pages, it didn't cost me anything. This book I picked up there, I actually paid for it over time because it was so good. I wanted to have it because I'm going to need to go back to it. So for me, it's been just revolutionary. Three words that'll change your life. Now, uh, spoiler alert, here's the three words. So if you don't want to know, like plug your ears. But the three words are God is here. And I, this is that moment where you're like, we know that. And Chris, like, that's not revolutionary. You're just learning that now and we're paying you. Yes, I know. God is here. And all I want to do this morning is talk about that very first word, which looks like, like this, God God. Here's, here's the interesting thing. Uh, and let me get you in the right frame of mind so that we're kind of talking the same, the same picture. Uh, uh, do you know anybody in your world that makes a lot out of something? They make much, maybe much out of nothing. You know the phrase like mountains to molehill, mil, uh, molehills to mountains or mountains out of molehills? Do you know this phrase? Like somebody in your world that it's a little thing but they make a huge thing out of it. Or, or maybe it's something that's already a big deal but they just make it even bigger. 
Like it's already large, but then they've made it so huge. Do you know people like this? Or on a positive side, maybe it's someone uh, that has a hobby that they really, really like. Uh, and it turns from a hobby into this massive thing. Like you can't spend three minutes with them before they're talking about that thing as if you need to be part of that thing as well. I, I just, I just noticed someone, I won't point and I'm not, I'll look at the ground. I just noticed something and I was thinking about running. Cause like if you know runners, runners are obnoxious about this. Like they make a big, like everybody should be a runner. If someone's a runner, they'll like tell you about their running until you're like, or fishermen. Like, I had a friend, and he's into fishing, and that's like his, like, he makes a huge thing out of fishing. If you follow him on Facebook at all, like, within one day, you'll know that that's his entire thing. Or if you talk to him for five minutes, he will have you convinced that you also should be fishing. We know people like this, right? Take a hobby and turn it into something massive. The book that I read makes this claim that our biggest spiritual problem, our biggest spiritual problem is that there's something we don't make enough of. Or something we just don't make much out of. Or someone that we tend to make little of. Can, can you guess who that is? Who wrote it on the board. It's pretty right there. Uh, God. We tend to not make much out of, out of God. And, and, and this isn't like intentional. It's not like we intentionally set out to not make much out of God. It's not like we wake up in the morning and we go, hey, I'm going to diminish God. It's just that we don't think intentionally about it. We just forget to make much of him. We, we, we not, we're not trying to make him less than, as if we could. We're just not thinking intentionally about it. And so the question is, how do we go from God, not making much of God, to God, which is how that should be said when it's in all caps, because if it was in an email, you would know people are yelling at you, right? So how do we go from, from God to God? We have to be intentional in order to do that. Too often, I think we probably use this version here. You know, because maybe we, we use the OMG, right? It just becomes this phrase that comes out of our, our mouth. Like, and that's really God with a lower G. Or, or sometimes, maybe we're like, uh, this God here, we're like, you know, God help me, or hey God, I really need, or hey God, could you give me, or hey God, that's not fair, or maybe it's God is great, God is good, let us thank Him for our, Amen. Right? And then those things aren't bad, those aren't, uh, wrong, they're not terrible, they're just simply not enough. Those concepts of God simply aren't not enough. We forget to make much of God in both quality and quantity. We forget to make much of God in quality, like like how we think of God. We tend to view him maybe weak or small. Again, we're not thinking God is tiny sitting up there in heaven all small and weak like a, like a, like a, like a, I almost said 12 year old boy, but I didn't say that. Whew, thank goodness. Uh, but, but like some weak person, right? But, but it's not that we think of him like that. We just don't think of him. And when we think of God, we think of him maybe not in his, uh, uh, true, massive character, right? So we think, we, we forget to make much of God in quality, but then also in quantity. We don't think of God enough. How many times during the day do you think of God? For lots of us, maybe it's Sundays, which is why I think like church as a regular habit is incredibly important. Because if I'm left to my own devices, I forget. <laughs> I just forget. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I'm into my own stuff. Life is busy. We have our problems, blah, blah, blah. And so we forget to think about God. Church is just that regular reminder. Like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to stop and think about him. 
Maybe some folks have a regular devotional time or whatever you call it. You wake up in the morning, you talk a little to God. Maybe you read a little Bible. You do a little something. And so that's your moment with God. And maybe that's it. You get in the car, you drive to work, and then you're, you're off to the races. Your brain is captured by so many other things that we just forget to think about God often enough. So we make little of him or we don't make much of him in quality and quantity. Thinking so little of God is literally killing us. See, kill or killing is this idea of being separated from life. Separation from God equals separation from life. We're literally dying these little daily deaths. We're focused on all the wrong things. The center of our world becomes stuff that doesn't need to be. We've got to figure out, according to this book, how to turn God or, or God into God. Like, how do we, how do we do that? Now, hear me clearly. God is already God. I don't make him more or something like that. It's not like he's waiting for me or you to show up to turn him into something big. He is already something big. He's already God. This, this in-between blank space to go from here, how we too often view him, to here is a me problem. See, God is already here. Am I making sense? He is already massive and huge creator of the universe, like control of everything sovereign sits on the throne. I mean, he is in control. He spoke the world into existence because he wanted to. Like, that's God already. It's my problem that I just don't remember that. I don't make much of that. Right? So, so, so how do we go from God to God? Well, uh, when we don't go from God to God, we have a lot of problems. We think the Bible is boring because God is small. He's just not part of our regular rhythm. Oftentimes heaven looks boring and hell not so bad because we have a small view of God. Our prayers are often lame or ineffective because we view God as lame or ineffective. If anybody asked you and said, do you think God is lame? You'd say no. But we, we almost come that way. We come at him that way. We treat him that way. We, we forget to think about him. So we, in essence, believe that he's lame or ineffective. We, we end up caring more about behaviors because that's something we can control as opposed to our heart or how we think. So we worry much more about how we look or how we act because we, we tend to leave God over there and not allow him to be God. Uh, another problem is that he ends up having secondary priority in our life. Our time with him, we do only if we have time. And we often don't end up with time because time is elusive and it fills itself, it seems like, so quickly with everything else. And so we don't make him first priority, right? Or we often live in worry and fear because if, if, if God isn't God, then there is no hope in our contemporary culture and climate right now. If we don't believe this, if we don't remember to exist in this, it's sad. (laughs) There's a lack of, of hope. So how do we do it then? How do we go from God to God? How do we do that? Well, I I think I'm supposed to say um, three key things, which are uh, understand the true nature of who God is, uh, know him from his recorded word, and intentionally focus on glorifying him as God. Those are all very good, true, right things. My problem is they don't do anything for me. They, they don't help me because they don't feel very practical to me. They are true, and, and if I could wrap my head maybe around those, or find, I, it, it doesn't really excite me. I read that and I go, Eh, 
So, so, so what can we do that's incredibly practically helpful? And this is what I pulled from this book, The Three Words That Changed My Life, on how do we go from God into God. Incredibly practical thing. And where I want to land for this morning and unpack this is the concept that we call this versus that. If you have the North Point app, there are fill-ins. It's a great place to take some notes. If you don't, I hope you got a piece of paper or pull out your phone or your tablet or whatever you got and, and throw a couple thoughts in here because for me, this has been like a, 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 the most exciting component for me over the last number of months. This versus that. Uh, three three words that changed my life, the book. Here's a quote that he says. He says, my answer is, my answer to how do we go from God to God is this, dogs and sausage patties and beer and buzzer beaters and avocado toast and all-inclusive resort and sex and soccer and flash mobs and flannel sheets and grandkids and good coffee and everything else that you like about life. Doesn't that get you interested all of a sudden? You're like, oh, I like some of those things, right? Those are the most practical things to move us from God to God. Uh, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, the prophet, he, he puts it like this in, in chapter uh, 6. Uh, he has this uh, vision where um, he's seeing like these angels and these incredible celestial beings like praising God. They're in the throne room. God's sitting on his throne. And for whatever reason, God gives Isaiah this little moment, a glimpse into what's going on. And in verse 3, it says, And they were calling to one another. These are these celestial beings, these angels that sit in God's throne room and see him day after day. And they said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And a great way to translate that holy, holy is God is wonderfully different, wonderfully different, wonderfully different. And the whole earth is telling us that God is a big deal. The whole earth tells us that God is a big deal. In, in Romans chapter 1, the apostle, the disciple Paul, he picks up, I think, on this idea in verse 20. He says it like this. He says, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Like who God is, is clearly seen in the creation that he put together by speaking it into existence. This is how the book puts it in a quote. It says, if you want to know how big of a deal God is, just look around. If you're struggling to think very much of God, start by staring at the world around you. We call this idea, which is a terrible use of, the, of grammar, but that's okay. We call this idea this. I told you this was going to be rocket science, right? We call this idea this. Here's a quote from the book. This thing, this thing, buzzer beaters and beer and grandkids and dogs and puppies and sausage patties and all. This thing is kind of like God. Like God created this and then gave me this so I could think more of him. God is like this, but so much better. The way that this this makes me feel is a glimpse of how I will feel when I see his face. If you're a mathematician, it would look like, uh, we'll go green, it would look like this. Whoops, sorry. Do you remember these little things when you were back in school? God is greater than this. 
How do we make much of God? How do we go from God to God? How do we remember that? How do we make that part of our daily life? He said, we say this idea that, that God is greater than this. He created all of this, and then he gives me the ability to enjoy it. He wired my brain with dopamine to feel pleasure and oxytocin to feel affection. Why? To point me back at him. Like, he didn't create me to enjoy life and created life to be enjoyable simply so I could enjoy life, and that's the chief end of it, because that's all about me. No way. He did it because he wants me to enjoy life because it points me back to him. Little glimpses of him. Here's a quote from the book. It says, whatever sparks a positive reaction in you is an example of this. A reaction might be joy, affirmation, acceptance, relief, interest, excitement, curiosity, comfort, laughter, or a deep sense of being loved. But no matter how incredible the emotion, it is less than 1% of the happiness you'll experience on the day that you see God's face. The author says this are like little trampolines that bounce you to God. That's a ridiculous analogy, but it'll stick in your head, right? These little trampolines that just kind of move you that direction. In the app, there's some blank spaces for you to write some things next to a whole category of words. And if, if you're using that, that's great. But it may be, maybe best to do it at home. Do it now. If we were to start listing categories of life, and I asked you to start writing down little this moments in that area. Like how large could our list be? So for example, in the area of friends, we think about all the relief or excitement or safety or laughter or comfort. All that joy, they're just glimpses of God. Or or what about in the area of family? Like all the compassion and love that you experience in a, in a family, they're just appetizers to prep you for the main course of God. How about nature? The best sunrise, the most glorious river, the sharpest ski slope, the warmest beach sand, they're all just brushes of what it's like to be with God. How about entertainment? The funniest movie you've ever seen, the most gripping novel, the most emotionally charged song are just opening acts to the main show of God. What about food and drink? Can you remember a meal when you took a bite and you nearly passed out because it was that delicious? Can you remember we just wanted it to last forever? Imagine that feeling all the time. Now you're getting close to what being in God's presence is like. What if we did a category of animals or work Or what if the category was you? Like when you help somebody else, when you serve another person, when you sacrifice a little bit for someone else, that feeling you get, that's a little glimpse of of this. Matthew chapter 5, this is how Jesus sort of entertains that idea in verse 16. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. When you help others, when you serve someone else, when you give a kind word to someone, when you issue a compliment, when you uh, smile, you have to pull your mask off first and then you smile and you put it back on. Or when you smile at someone in a store, or when you say, hey, I'm praying for what, all those things, those are little glimpses of this and it allows those people to have a little trampoline moment towards God because of you. Uh, I don't remember things very well, so I actually downloaded the word this, and it's my new phone screensaver because I have to remember to do this because I'm so thick sometimes. I get so captured, my energy goes different directions, and I want to be mindful of this all the time. So this becomes this amazing concept of all these amazing things we experience in life are just little glimpses of, of God and what it's like to be with him. 
But is it is it always this? Is life always this way? Is everything we experience this? No, right? Sometimes it stinks. Sometimes we struggle. What do we do with that that crappy stuff? Now, I might argue that even in the midst of the crappy stuff, we can find some this if we dig hard enough. The, the phrase that I've adopted is hunt the good. And I think that's possible anytime. But, but there are seasons when it just seems like we are getting uh, dumped on. When we face the bad stuff. When family and friends reject you. When nature destroys you. When animals attack. When food poisons. When entertainment offends. Or when you hurt others. What do we do with that? Well, we call it... I know. Ready? This is going to be huge. <laughs> we call it that. <laughs> this... Versus that, here's a great quote from the book. It says, pain is one of the most powerful tools to make you think much of God. In, in Romans 8, it says this, and this is probably a familiar verse for, for a number of folks. It says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I consider our present sufferings not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed. And I've always read that verse to mean like, like the stuff that I go through now, the struggles and the pain and the frustrations, uh, that, that, that one day when I die and I go to heaven and I stand in Jesus' presence, I will consider those things not a big deal. And the problem is that, well, that's what, hopefully, way down the road. And those painful things are painful right now. That doesn't do much for me right now to try to think, well, in, in 10 or 40 or 80 years, uh, I, I won't worry about this, this struggle, this cancer, this frustration, this broken relationship, this job loss. That won't even bother me then. <laughs> what do I do now? Right? Because there's pain now. It's not helpful now. But here's another way that this could be read that I think is a revolutionary for me. It can sound like this. These pains... These frustrations, these struggles, these present sufferings, they are small examples of what God is not like. When that hits us, that is so not like God. It is not the way that it's supposed to be, that God is the polar opposite of that, of all those little that moments. So when friends reject me, God would never do that. It's not who he is. Right? Or when nature or illness weakens me, like that'll never happen when I'm fully with God. It was not supposed to happen in the beginning when God created it because God is not about that. God is the opposite of illness. When work is overwhelming, like God will never overwhelm or be overwhelmed. It's just not who he is because God is the polar opposite of that. Right? Or when I fail or someone fails me, like God never fails. He's the opposite of of failure. Right? You see how this works? I don't know. Is this doing anything for you? No. Yeah, no, it's okay. If it's not, I love you anyways, because Jesus says, I have to. This is revolutionary to me. The, the things that I experience joyful in my life are little moments of God. So I wake up this morning and I've been fighting with my lawn for a while. Anybody else fighting with their lawn? It's brown. It's not, and then it's like one day it's super green and it's 12 feet high and you're like, ah! Right? So I like my, my lawn was real green. I was super excited about it. I woke up this morning to the rain and I'm like, this. Like, this, this cool God provides. And I, it's a stupid grass. It doesn't even really matter in the scheme of anything. Right? I, I get to work out in the mornings a, a little bit at UPS out at the airport and it's before the sun comes up, which is stupid for any of you guys that are working before the sun comes up. Yeah, it's dumb, right? Anyways, but when the sun comes up, <laughs> this. <laughs> Some days, are you with me? 
this. When a, when a friend has a conversation that like lights my soul because we're talking about some concept and we're both just getting energized and yelling at each other and having a good time with it and agreeing and disagreeing. This. That little more. Those little glimpses of who God is. This and that are little speed ramps that propel me towards making much of God. So, so here's what I'm learning in a nutshell. I don't make enough of God. I need regular reminders that God is God. I got to make much of him. This and that are those reminders that launch my soul towards him. Amen. We pray and we'll go. God, thanks for, thanks for this. <laughs> I want to say thanks for that to God, but I'm not thankful at times for that. But I am thankful that that has purpose. And that, that, uh, that does something to my soul, not just my physical. But God, I pray for reminders to see this all the time, everywhere. And even as we leave this morning, God, and even if this, this concept is just in our brains for the next half a day, that that might launch our soul closer to you and help us make much of you. You are much. We're not changing that. But, but, our life is so different when we recognize your muchness. And so, God, I pray for that for me. I pray for that for my friends and family here that we would be constantly pushed towards being reminded of how much you are. God, as we leave here today, uh, do stuff with us. Help draw us close to you in the midst of all of it. And all in North Point said, amen. Friends, we're-